Hi, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real, a podcast where we study the scriptures together, let the scriptures answer our questions. Uh, we want to challenge our faith. We want to grow our faith. And we want to make sure that, that individually and then ultimately collectively uh, we can become the best uh, versions of ourselves uh, for the Lord. If you tuned in last week, we discussed uh, about the topic of forgiveness. We discussed about how uh, we need to forgive in the way and the attitude behind that forgiveness. And how forgiveness is, is a gift given from God to us first. And so since he gave his best and he forgave us, you know, why can't we forgive someone who's done something against us? Whether it's someone we love or whether it's an enemy. And, you know, that's just an attitude that we need to have and an attitude that we studied last week. Um, so this week, <clears throat> we want to talk about, we want to discuss the topic, when the scriptures become real, when we talk about self-examination. You know, it's, it's very easy uh, to look at someone else and to look at their faults. It's easy to look at what someone else is doing wrong. Um, it's easy to say, well, he should be doing this or she should be doing that or they should be doing this or they shouldn't be doing that. It's so easy to to really look at someone else and from the outside tell them everything that's wrong about them and what you think they should be changing in their lives so they could become better. Uh, but, you know, the Bible really speaks of self-examination. It speaks of, okay, well, what are you doing? Because, you know, we don't have everything right. So before, you know, you tell someone else, well, you know, you get it right first. And so when we talk about self-examination, it's a topic, it's, it's what the Bible commands us to do. You know, it's not a divine suggestion to self-examine, uh, it's a divine commandment. And that's what we're supposed to do. And before we start, again, we like to start off with a quote of the day or something that kind of reminds us of what we're going to be uh, studying today. And I read a quote today, and it simply says this, Self-examination is a do-it-yourself project. It is not only a good idea, but it's also a spiritual imperative. And so it's, it's something that you have to do and something that you want to do because you have to know and you have to be able to self-examine yourself and to look and say, okay, what are the things? And I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about your spiritual body. Just look at yourself spiritually. Okay, I'm doing this right but I'm not doing this and then change it. You know, when, you know, we use the example and many preachers and, and other teachers use the example of, of the Bible as a, as a mirror. And we'll go into that later. But if you look in a mirror physically, especially in the morning, you look and you see all your faults. Maybe you see your hair messed up. Maybe you see, you know, bags under your eyes. You know, maybe you see uh, still some sleep in your eyes there. And you look in the mirror and you fix what's wrong. But what if you don't? What if you just look in the mirror and then just walk away? It, your faults aren't fixed. And so spiritually, that's our job. But here's the question about that example. When you look in the mirror in the morning, you don't need someone else to tell you to fix it. You can look and see your own reflection. And it's up to you to fix your fault, not someone else. But spiritually, we get that mixed up because the Bible, yes, it is a spiritual mirror, but we think it's our job to help other people fix their stuff. That's not our job. 
it's their job. It's our job maybe to help show them through the scripture, but ultimately it's not up to us to help them change. It's up to that individual. And that's what we want to talk about today. But before we get into our text, I want to go into, uh, if you have your Bibles again, uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Again, this is a podcast where we want the scriptures to answer our questions, not us, not me, not what I think, not my doctrine, not what I've heard, not my experiences. It's what the Bible says. And so we want the Bible to speak and not me. And so if you go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 13 and you look at verse 5, it starts off with our word, examine. And that word in the Greek means periazo, meaning to test. That is to endeavor, to scrutinize, to discipline, to examine, or to prove, or to try. Now notice, it says to do that, but it doesn't say to others at the end of the verse. No, it says examine, or you test, you endeavor, you scrutinize, you entice, you discipline, you prove, you try yourself. Why? Whether you be in the faith, you need to test yourself and I need to test myself. You see, and this is, this is what we kind of get trapped in when we hear a sermon and when we're sitting there listening to a sermon, our minds really aren't focused on the sermon. Our minds are focused on whatever the preacher's saying. Oh, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this. Oh, I wish this family was here to hear this. Oh, I wish he was here to hear this so he can change. We're so focused on wishing other people would listen to the gospel instead of us being so focused on fixing ourselves. And that's the trap we get ourselves into. And so whenever a class is taught, whenever a sermon is preached, whenever a lecture is being lectured, don't think about any other family. Don't think about any other person. Think about how put your name there can change. How can I be better? I can do this better. Let me examine myself. Because Paul tells us, scrutinize, test your own self. Whether you're in the faith. Prove that word there in the text means to test. Or by implication, to approve. Again, to try. So examine yourself. Whether you're in the faith, number one. Then number two, prove your own self. Know ye not ye know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? Remember Christ lives in us. And so we need to examine ourselves to see if he lives in me first before I'm worried about anybody else. And even then, if I'm worried about someone else, I still need to focus on me. What we get so caught up in is trying to fix other people. That's not our job. And and just a, a side note for, and I'm talking to myself too as a preacher of the gospel, and I learned this from so many other older preachers and uh, some great counsel from the scripture itself. <clears throat> and I'd like to give you this advice. As a preacher of the gospel, whether you preach, whether you teach, no matter what you do, it is not your job to fix people. or And it's not your job to change people. You can't do that. You don't have the power to do that. I don't have the power to do that. It's not our job. The only thing that can literally change somebody is the scripture. The scriptures 
they work on the heart, not me, not my teaching. The scripture works on the heart. I'm just the, the messenger boy bringing it. And you are too if you're, if you're in that situation as well. And so we kind of get trapped in fixing people too. That's not our job. Our job is to help people recognize through the scripture, okay, maybe you can fix this. Maybe you can fix that. Instead of, oh, well, you need to fix this when, you know, I'm not doing it. And so that's the kind of the trap that we get ourselves into. But Paul here answers that question. Instead of doing that, you need to examine yourself, whether you're in the faith, number one, and then you need to prove your own selves. And when we talk about that, you know, the Lord has special ways of doing this. And I want to look at this text. Let's go, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4. And just remember the context of what we're talking about here in Daniel. Now remember, we have Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are captured, brought into Babylonian captivity, and a whole new land under King Nebuchadnezzar. Now remember, in chapter 4, Daniel is here. And Daniel here tells King Nebuchadnezzar of the vision or the dream that he had. Now, remember, the dream uh, was about the statue and the statue represented the different type of nations that were going to be in power. So the Assyrians, the Greeks, uh, Nebuchadnezzar himself and eventually the Romans. But then the little rock hits the statue and that rock represents Christ, which is that kingdom was going to outlast all these other kingdoms. Right. So in chapter four. King Nebuchadnezzar hears about this, but I want you to notice how he answers this question. Let's go to uh, Daniel chapter 4, and I want to start, let's start in verse uh, number 27. Now, remember, Daniel tells him, if you don't humble yourself, you are going to fall. But notice, verse 27, look at what he says. This is Daniel speaking. Wherefore, O king... Let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness, and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, and if it may be, he'll lengthen thy tranquility. All right, Daniel gives him the warning. King, I told you your kingdom is going to fall. Right now, from this point on, you need to show mercy to the poor so that the Lord, he may lengthen your time. And notice verse 28. Now, all of this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. He thought about this. But notice verse 29. At the end of 12 months, so a year passed after that, and guess who still didn't show mercy and still didn't show that humility before God? King Nebuchadnezzar. Watch this. Verse uh, verse 30. And if you have a, a physical Bible with you, uh, this is what I did when I studied this. I want you to circle how many times a personal pronoun is used in the next couple of verses, especially verse 30. Notice, at the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon, and the king spake and said, Is this not the great Babylon that I, number one, have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power, number two, and for the honor of my majesty notice can you imagine i can imagine the king coming across his palace 
and looking across his kingdom and saying, look at everything that I've built. Look at my legacy. Look what I'm doing. And notice verse 31. (laughs) While the word was in the king's mouth, while he was boasting about himself and all the great things that he did, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, and the kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee, until thou knowest that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Let's stop right there. Make a couple points. <clears throat> now remember, King Nebuchadnezzar, looking across, while he's saying, look at what I've done, he's automatically turned into a beast. <laughs> you know, we hear about the phrase, a blue Monday. And I know you've, you've probably had blue Mondays, and I've had blue Mondays. But King, this is the worst blue Monday I can imagine. You wake up, everything, you are... The king literally of the world. You are the most powerful king there is. And you say, look at everything that I've done. And then while you are speaking instantly, you literally become the lowest of the low. It's, a, it's amazing to see that. But remember the scripture talks about humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Here's what we get caught up in sometimes too. The Lord... With self-examination, what we're talking about today, you know, it takes one thing to really self-examine yourself. It takes one word, humility. It really takes some strong self-humility to really sit down and say, have I really been doing this right? Is there another way that I could have done this? Could I have been better this way? Could I have been better this way? It takes a lot really to scrutinize. Like like the scripture says, that word examine literally means to scrutinize. So imagine, like we've all done, we've scrutinized other people. Imagine yourself literally scrutinizing yourself. Just sitting there and just saying all the things that you could do better. You know, that that's what we're called to do to ourselves. And, you know, the, about humility, that's what it takes to self-examine yourself. But here's, here's something that the Lord teaches us through Daniel 4. The Lord, if we don't have humility as Christians, sometimes the Lord will literally have to bring us down to make us humble. And he will literally do whatever he has to do to bring us low. Well, that, that's just your opinion. That's what happened in Daniel 4. That's what happened to the prodigal son. You notice the prodigal son when he was literally eating pig slop, the Bible simply says, and he came to himself, what am I doing? Why am I here? Why am I doing this? You see, the Lord, for humility, remember, he's trying to mold us into what he wants us to be. And in order to be a follower of him, you cannot be prideful in any sense of the word at all. And if there's some pride in you, the Lord will find a way to get it out. And just like this, like Nebuchadnezzar, he had to bring him low. He had to wake him up and recognize you're not all that you say that you are. 
Who gave you the kingdom? I did. Who gave you power? I did. Who helped you get where you are? I did. You know, sometimes we also think where we are in life and sometimes where we are as Christians, sometimes we think we pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Bootstraps. You know, we, we made it here ourselves. Well, I did this. I did that. I did this. Now, the Lord helped you get there. And if you forget that, and if I forget that, the Bible teaches he'll find a way to, to bring you low. And, you know, luckily, you know, Nebuchadnezzar recognized it later, but sometimes the Lord brings you so low, sometimes people don't come back from it. And so he warns us. And so that's the thing about self-examination. It takes a lot of humility. And sometimes to learn that, you have to be in a low situation to understand it. You have to understand that I, I'm really not all that I am or all that I think that I am. I am what I am because of God, not because of what I've done or not because of anything that I will do. It's all the Lord, and we always have to give him credit. And so if we go back to the text, remember now Nebuchadnezzar is a beast. Now I want you to notice in verse number uh, 32, 33, I believe, uh, it says this, in the same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and he did eat grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers, and his nails like bird claws. And at the end of the days, notice, I, Nebuchadnezzar, Lifted up my eyes unto heaven, and my understanding returned unto me. And I blessed the Most High, and I praised and I honored him, and liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will. In the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? And at the same time, my reason returned unto me. And for the glory of my kingdom and mine honor and brightness returned unto me. And my counselors and my Lord sought me. And I was established in my kingdom. And excellent majesty was added unto me. Now, watch this, verse 37. Now, I, Nebuchadnezzar. The one who was saying all this prideful stuff earlier. Now I praise, I extol, I honor the king of heaven. All whose works are truth and his ways judgment. And watch this. Now listen, remember we're talking about self-examination. We're talking about scrutinizing yourself. Now. And those that walk in. In pride, just like me, he's able to abase. From verse 33 all the way down to verse 37, literally Nebuchadnezzar, at his lowest point in life, he did 2 Corinthians 13, 5. He examined himself. Here's another point. When we think we're too high, like Nebuchadnezzar, and we look around at what we've done. Sometimes we don't examine ourselves 
because we're so high and we think I'm putting up air quotes. We think spiritually we've made it. Well, I'm, I'm this. So, you know, there's no way I could be wrong about this. Just like Nebuchadnezzar and his pride, you don't think you're wrong. And that's a sense of pride. When you're prideful and when I'm prideful, it's very rare for prideful people to ever think they're wrong in anything. Well, how can you say that? Because they'll say phrases like this and they'll use this little two-letter two word. Well, if I've done this, I'm sorry. Well, if, if, well, we know we've done it. But because of our pride... We can't scrutinize ourselves and say, I, I did this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You see, the thing about being um, humble <clears throat> and the thing about the Lord bringing us low at that moment, just like the prodigal son, like Nebuchadnezzar, when you have nothing and you look around, you start to examine yourself on how you got there. And you start looking at who you were before and looking how you can change that. And Nebuchadnezzar realized that he literally became a beast. And that's what we do. We become beasts spiritually when we are when we're prideful. But we can't be we can't be that way in the Lord's kingdom. We can't think we've made it. We can't think we know everything. We can't think all those things. We have to self-examine ourselves. And, you know, when I was at the school of preaching, I remember basically all my teachers and in all the classes, they warned us of something. They said, when something happens to you in the congregation or personally, whatever it is, when something happens, don't find a way to preach on it real quick. Because when something happens, then the next Sunday, man, I'm going to preach both sermons on it. Or I'll, I'll do this on it. Or I'll do that. Don't do that because, you know, we have to be willing to be humble and self-examine ourselves. And they were very adamant about us doing that because they didn't want us to get caught in a prideful sense to where we're telling everybody else what to do before you have time to self-examine, okay, well, what could I have done better? And I think that would stop a lot of the the problems in the church today, whether whether you've done the right thing or whether you, what you did was wrong. But if both parties had time to literally sit there and say, okay, what is something or what are some things that I could have done better? And just think about you. Don't think about anybody else. Man, how can I, how can I do better next time? How can I get this right next time? How can I make sure that, you know, I'm a better Christian this time? How can I get it right? And that's the goal of Christianity. We never want each other to fall. We just want to make sure we all get it right. You know, we always said in school, we don't want to be spiritual police. But we just want to make sure that all of us, including ourselves first, we want to get it right. And Because we all want to get to heaven. It's not like we don't want to see our brethren in heaven. We just want to get it right. And so when we talk about examining ourselves... It's hard. It is so hard to do because you don't want to see you don't want to see yourself in a bad light. You want to see yourself as right. You want to see yourself as having the right answers. 
You want to see yourself as, well, they ought to come to me for forgiveness. Well, they ought to do this to me. They ought to do that to us. And I'm talking to myself too. But that's, that's not what self-examination is. Self-examination is how can I do better and how can I make sure that I can be better for God, number one. I can be better for myself, number two. And I can be better to my brothers, my brothers and sisters. How can I be better? And that's the goal of self-examination. If we all just sat down and just did what the, what the scripture said, examine yourself, scrutinize yourself, prove yourself to see whether you're in the faith first, then a lot of, a lot of things would be would be solved. But again, like in Daniel four, you know, it, but if we don't have that attitude, if we have that I my I attitude, I will promise you this: this is a one hundred percent guarantee. How can you give that? Because the Bible does. So if the Bible says it, then I can. The Lord will find a way. May not be today. May not be tomorrow. May not be next year. He'll find the perfect time to bring you low. And he'll find the perfect time to bring me low. And during that time of lowness, then we will we will find some humility. But instead of getting there, let's just start off as being humble. Let's... Let's not let the Lord find a way to abase us. Let's just be humble. Humble yourself. Notice, in the sight of the Lord, and then the brethren will lift you up. No. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Let God do the lifting. You know, I, I always heard, you know, it, let the Lord lift you up and not the people. I'd rather for the Lord to lift me up than anyone on this earth. And I hope that's your goal too. Because I would rather have the creator lift me up. Not so I can be seen. I'd rather not be seen. But let him lift me up rather than anyone else. And that's always the goal. And so the scripture becomes real. When we talk about examining yourself and myself, whether I'm in the faith, whether you're in the faith. That was a, a great study. It was great studying for that for me. Uh, it was a much needed reminder for me. Um, and also, if, if you can find a pattern in everything that we're studying, when the scripture becomes real, it's helping us all to help to change our mindset, to focus on ourselves and to focus on our own molding process rather than the Lord's molding process. Because remember, things take time. And, you know, we're all on different levels, and the Lord is helping us in different ways. But we're here to help each other to, you know, accelerate. And so examine yourself whether you're in the faith. That's when the scripture becomes real. Thank you for listening to this uh, episode of the podcast. Um, again, uh, follow, uh, the, when the scriptures become real, you can follow it at pew, P U G H J 25. And then you'll see, uh, the podcast page when the scripture becomes real there. Uh, you can also, uh, listen to it on LinkedIn on the professional page. Just look up my name, Jordan Pugh, P U G H. 
Like you can also find it on SoundCloud. Um, you can find it. Also, we're getting a, an app together, so that's still in the works. Um, and then also you'll eventually be able to find it on the Collinsville Church of Christ Facebook page as well. And also don't forget to look up and you can subscribe on YouTube. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe and like on um, on Twitter as well. So thank you all for, for listening. Um, hopefully we'll be able to grow together and continue to challenge our faith together so we can all get to heaven together. You know, I just, I would love to see all men get to heaven. And that's our goal. And that's the goal of why we're here. We're here to promote the gospel and we're here to help each other get better and get to heaven. So thank you all for listening and we'll see you all on the next podcast.